Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, welcome in. It is the early line here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez. We certainly hope you had a uh, uneventful, and I can't believe I'm saying that, uneventful uh, weekend uh, with your family, your friends, your loved ones there, whoever you might be sheltering in place with, as uh, Dane and I are here to start another week for you in the world of sports, which I know many of you are going, wow, when is this all going to end? And it will end. I, I can assure you it will, uh, it may seem like forever, but think about it, Dane, for right now, right? This is, this has barely been a month here um, that we are where we are right now in a lot of different places, certainly you in New York, me in, in Miami and South Florida. It's, uh, it's a different world, but it, it hasn't even been a month yet. And so I know it's amazing to me, I think, what we find out about ourselves, uh, not only as a society, but as individuals, that when you are put into a position to, to make some choices and, you know, collectively you've got, and you're always going to have idiots and outliers, and we always will. I mean, the stories continue to rain through. All in Florida on the beach by you, Joe. Darwinism at its best here, guys, survival of the fittest. But the reality is, you know, uh, it, Time is always what you make of it, right? It, it's what you do. And I don't know about you this weekend, but this past weekend, for me, it was a good opportunity to kind of, um, you know, catch up on some of the stuff that life gets in the way of, you know, types of things along those lines where you can appreciate just, you know, being able to sit in the driveway with friends or family or you and to sit, just be able to kind of be together with a bunch of uh, your friends and your family that you are with and that you've been with and just be able to catch up, whether it be through Skype, through Zoom, through whatever. Uh, it's amazing how many conversations I've had with my uh, my relatives that I haven't talked to in forever, Dane. And it's really nice to be able to take that kind of time and, and catch up with them. And, you know, if it was one phone call, it was one video conference the next. And, uh, you know, being able to kind of remind us that life gets in the way a lot of times. We're too busy to do this and that. but it's a good time to remember and appreciate what you do have and not what you don't have at this point. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. You know, you talk about it. I don't know how many Zoom conferences I have been on, and they have stretched everything from singing karaoke songs to rolling dice to cheers in a happy hour to watching a movie collaboratively to having dance parties. We are doing anything, and I think we will continue to evolve in the same way that, you know, an aging quarterback or right-hand pitcher has to evolve in the sports world. And you, you talk about how, how uh, time has kind of stood still and moved really quickly. Joe, listeners and watchers, viewers and fans of ours on this show, The Early Line, will know and remember that this weekend that just passed was my one-month wedding anniversary. Yeah, crazy, right? And, like, literally in that month, you know, it's gone from traveling internationally and hugging people and celebrating to seeing them on Zoom conferences. So you're absolutely right. You know, um, the, the the times they are a changing, but we're right back here on the early line here on Sports Grid, giving people the edge that they need. Yeah, and listen, we uh, we had some uh, we had some action over the weekend. A lot of folks we've talked about it. Uh, a lot of folks getting in uh, to horse racing now and a lot of folks a lot of handicappers a lot of uh, people who have never bet on the ponies had an opportunity big race this weekend in my neck of the woods in the florida derby and uh that didn't sit well with a lot of people uh in south florida i can certainly tell you that there were an awful lot of uh city commissioners and people wondering why is gulfstream park still open why are they having this race it's not an essential business uh and understanding also there haven't been fans in weeks at any of these tracks. Uh, the owners aren't allowed on the track. There isn't anybody allowed at the at the finish line. Like all the things we've come to know, it's strictly essential personnel, uh, and it is considered entertainment, not necessarily, I guess, uh, essential. But uh, nobody is forcing them to close, and everybody is kind of on their own. And I, the record number of handle, again, people betting on a race, people tuning into the races online. Uh, it is at least the one kind of a semblance of normalcy uh, that many of the folks who are into sports and sports betting, at least they got horse racing. And I can tell you this, it doesn't look like it's going anywhere anytime soon. So 
the horse racing will continue on an abbreviated schedule in some uh, some tracks around the country and the people there they know the game and they are taking even more precautions than anybody else's in fact uh, a guy up in your neck of the woods javier castellano tested positive for uh the coronavirus and of course he kind of sheltered uh sheltered himself but they test on a regular basis with the jockeys with the trainers with everybody involved so uh the minute that something happens they're tackling it so uh, I don't so much mind it. You, you give me some semblance of normalcy. As long as everyone's on the same page, so be it. You know, it's interesting. And I know you talked about there was a big race over the weekend in your neck of the woods, the Florida Derby. We'll talk about Tis the Law and some of the other horses and their prospects moving forward, I know, in a little bit. But I think one of the interesting things here is, A, we see how it's going to be without fans, how these things can still go on almost just more more prominently produced as a product for TV mm. than worrying about the in-person crowd or the mm. fans. We've been talking about that as an interim step, even for some of these outdoor sports, whether it be Major League Baseball or the NBA, which may come back sometime later in the spring. Yeah. But another thing that I think we see, Joe, is you know horse racing happens all over the country. And they are managed by local tracks and local governments, right? Santa yeah. Anita decided to shut down in California because, you know, the government in California, the county kind of told them to stop. Yep. Here in New York, where we're at a different part of a curve, it's one of the hot spots here. You do not see them running really at Aqueduct, you know, right. for example, because the, 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 the state and local authorities have said so. I joked with you a little bit before, but the state and local authorities down there in Florida, whether it be Tampa Bay or in some of these other course, uh, uh, you know, tracks, mm -hmm. It's the local authorities that are kind of setting the stage, first of all, of what is possible and what is not. That's and, correct. And after that, then, yes, I guess the horses can run with no fans, minimal <laughs> staff, handlers. And I see it, you know, they still have, like, Gary Stevens in the, in yep. the studio talking about it. They have guys on, you know, remote cams, much like what might happen in the war rooms in an NFL draft or any other kind of produced show that we're going to see moving forward. I think the more interesting question about the ponies, Joe, is if you are running this week, you know, we were coming up on the Kentucky Derby, right, which is supposed to be, as everybody knows, the first Saturday in May. This is prep race season. But now the Kentucky Derby will not be the first Saturday in May. They've said it's going to be all the way back in September. Most of the other triple crown races, the Preakness and the Belmont, are likely to follow suit. So, like, what do you do as a horse trainer or as a jockey to kind of manage these horses? Mm -hmm. Yeah, You have to. It's so interesting, too, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of unknown that, that we have here. And there has been some talk of mixing and matching, maybe start with the Belmont and then end with the Kentucky Derby. I don't think any of that is going to happen. I, I do think that September 5th, and they've been adamant, Churchill Downs, that's going to be the Kentucky Derby. And I do think everything else will follow. But the big question for a lot of these trainers and a lot of these horses and owners is, what do you do over the next five months? I mean, that is five months away. You know, there are still, uh, you know, you talked about some some of the races coming up that are, are also precursors uh, right. to being able to qualify for some of the other, uh, some of the other races. The Florida Derby, now that that is gone, listen, we know pretty much who these horses are that are going to qualify for the Derby. The Derby, if you've noticed over the past years, it's like 20, 25 horses. They got to bring in two gates. They, it's, you know, everybody qualifies for the uh, for the Derby. So most of the contenders have already garnered enough points to be able to qualify for themselves. So I don't think it's a matter of, all right, are we going to risk anything? Or I think a lot of the horses that we know have already qualified, have enough points to be in it. The question yeah. is, all of those that are on the edge, what, what do your trainers do with Tis the Law? Like, what are, you, what, are, what are you supposed to do now between now and September 5th that that's the start of the Triple Crown? And all those races in between, you, you had mentioned. And let us not forget, of course, the Breeders' Cup, uh, which happens in, in November. So a lot of uncertainty as far as what to do and when to race from here. But the, let's, we know for the most part now we've got a pretty good idea of who the top five, six horses are going to be in the Kentucky Derby. They've already qualified. But now what do you do with those top five or six horses? Right, I think that is the key question. You talk about Tis the Law, the winner, in a very impressive fashion, yeah. I'm sad, Joe, at the Florida Derby, right? And you mentioned 
this is these were supposed to be the prep races, okay? Mm-hmm. Up by me, there's a big one called the Wood right. Memorial. That's you know not going. I don't know if it's going to take place, you know, or without fans, depending. It's such a fluid situation. But you mentioned horses accumulate these points to qualify to be one of the twenty horses in the starting gate the yep. Saturday in May in Kentucky. So now, tis the law is on top of the standing. Some of the Bob Baffert horses in California, Charlatan and others, right, are at the top of the standing. They have already done what they need to do to qualify. Now I think it becomes a question about how do you get them, you know, pointed at the right dates on the schedule that they want. It's similar, Joe. You know, uh, the Olympics were recently canceled for this summer. Right. And you have now these world class athletes and all these sports wondering, well, is it going to be summer of 2021, uh, spring of 2021? And in the same vein, because they have to understand what their training schedules need to be to be, you know, primed and ready to go whenever the games are taking place. And the same thing is now the case with the uh, the Triple Crown races starting, we think, with the first Saturday in September now for the Kentucky Derby. So, for example, Joe, the Arkansas Derby. They decided as soon as Kentucky vacated and Churchill Downs vacated uh, the first one in May, they were like, we're going to run our grades one stakes race on that date that was open. Yes. So usually the reason horses are running right about now in their prep races is because this is the right time in between the four, five, six weeks for them to be good to go on that date. So now at the Arkansas Derby, for example, I wonder, will all the top three-year-olds use this just to kind of stay on schedule in their training regimen? Right. Or does it not make sense to travel these horses, risk anything? Um, and, like, or will it actually be this kind of atmosphere of the Kentucky Derby? Or will they just ship it, skip it, shelter in place the, the horse version, right. you know, and, and, and keep it moving? The same could be said for things like up in Saratoga, the Travers, and other huge races on the schedule. Yeah, you uh, and, and it'll be interesting because I, I don't want to. I happen to think they'll they'll start it, maybe push it back. But the reality is, it, the Kentucky Derby could be the finishing race. The Travers and Kentucky Derby, uh, both of those races could be very. Uh, that what a lead up that could be if you start with the Belmont and if you start, of course, with the Preakness and then work your way into the Travers. These are huge money races. I mean, yeah. tremendous opportunities here. Uh, there's a number of, they could end it with the Kentucky Derby September 5th, and, and that could be, of course, and I do think, I mean, let's face it, with that win over the weekend there, tis the law, oh, yeah. uh, paying, you know, almost $5 as the favorite in that race, and what an exact, by the way, for Chivari to come up for 80 to 1 and yes. take second place. That was just, that was absolutely beautiful for, for a lot of folks that had it, um, but Probably the favorite. If all was, was set, right, and, and you still run that race, he's probably going in what would have been about a month from now, that first week in May, he's going into that race, his law, as the favorite. But that now kind of depending on what are, you, what are you doing, how do you do it from here, and when they decide to begin that Triple Crown, will it start with the Preakness? Will it start with the Belmont? Will it vice versa? Or do they just have five months to go ahead and wait? Kentucky's what? Travers, Kentucky, and then you go Preakness and Belmont. A lot is to be determined here, but I do think the sooner we get back to some normalcy here, some of these tracks open up, I I do think that there are going to be more opportunities. I don't think they have. We've already known September 5th. That's a given, right? So I don't think they're in a rush at this particular point to decide that fate. I do think they've got a little time, which is good news for all of us. Yeah, and here's the thing for me. This makes maybe the three-year-old season mm-hmm. uh, more intriguing yes. than ever before, Joe, because we see this all the time. Safe from the Kentucky Derby to, like, the Breeders' Cup, which happens in November, mm-hmm. these three-year-olds develop in different ways yep. over the course of the season, right? Some of them come on and get better. But now we won't necessarily see these horses running against each other until a few months from now, whichever one is first, whether that be the Belmont or even a meet up in Saratoga. You talk about Tis the Law, and a lot of people were very impressed with the run in the Florida Derby. Oh. There, there was other horses saying, Wells Bayou, that one. Yes. Indiana Derby the week previous, and then there are horses out there in California. You know Bob Baffert has a few that are ready to tussle with these guys when they all come together. I think 
interesting part is that they are now not going to come together until far later in their three-year-old season. So the idea of how they are, you know, trained in this interim time becomes even more important than previous years. Yeah, um, a 7-2 exacta there. Of course, uh, Chivaree paid $42 to place, guys. That was $94 uh, on a $1 exacta. You had a uh, Quinella 2-7 was $139. Uh, if you were so nice enough to be able to get the pick threes, the pick fours, the pick fives, I mean, just going down the list here, Dave, the, uh, that chivalry, a lot of, there were a lot of guys who didn't have them. They had, uh, you know, Ed Indians at second, but, yeah. oh, man, if you threw chivalry in there, man, that old 7-2-12 uh, cashed a lot of big tickets uh, yesterday. Interested to see what happens. You know, that horse announced himself, beat it out by a nose for the second spot, but, that is the law, kind of sat off the lead the whole time. And when Manny Franco kicked it in, you know, he kind of dropped it in. And that horse just, it took off. So, I mean, it was about as impressive a run as we have seen um, in a while. So, I know uh, maximum security last year at the Florida Derby uh, kind of was really just slowed the pace down so much where nobody could come and get him. Uh, that wasn't happening this year with uh, with Tis the Law. That that horse kicked it downshifted in a minute fifty, man, and it was it was a beautiful thing to see. That's going to be a tough horse, no matter what it races again. That's going to be a tough horse to beat, man. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the other horse at the Indiana, yeah. who a lot of people were looking at. Oh yeah, their connections have already said they've accumulated enough points, and they will yes. probably go onto the farm for a little rest and relaxation. And that's you expect that from a lot, but. Racing will continue, um, and that's maybe the one saving grace in our one spot of normalcy that we can uh, we can look to. Uh, and I do think that those that have not closed the track, and I do believe Santa Anita is changing a lot of the rules that they're doing. Santa Anita plans to reopen after closing over the weekend. So I, I do think those that have Gulfstream's not closing anytime soon. Uh, yeah. They don't really. They're not going to bow down. They're not involving they're not risking anything to the public it's a very small knit community the horse racing community so i do think dane that we'll at least have some horse racing to talk about until some of this kind of flattens out a little bit here we can get to a little bit more normalcy and uh coming up we'll talk a little bit about the uh the other normal thing that we're going to have in our lives in a completely unnormal time the draft uh and the nfl and we do have some of the names of those Presidents, general managers, uh, shall we say, teams that aren't thrilled about Roderick Adele's decision to move forward with this draft. We'll talk about who they are and why they're a little bent out of shape and uh, whether or not you agree with Roderick Adele. But I do think we have a little bit better idea of how it's going to be laid out and what can we expect. So Dane and I will cover that. Plus, we'll look at some of the uh, the future draft boards that, uh, that might be up. Give you our thoughts on that. And we'll do it next here. Coming up, it is the Monday edition of the early line here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. We'll be back right after this. Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. All right, guys. Welcome back in here to the early line on the grid. It is Sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. And uh, we are... Starting a new week here, looking forward uh, to some sense of normalcy in some of our lives, all of our lives here. Sports has always been that one area we could turn to where, you know what, kind of we could forget all that's going wrong around us and uh, all, the, uh, all the aggravation, everything. It's always been such an outlet through times of, and you name it, war, depression. I mean, sports has been here. Uh, all the time uh, and currently like we just told you there the horse racing has always always been there Dane believe it or not one of the oldest I mean what is it the 145th Kentucky Derby 104 I mean it's up there it's ridiculous when you think about how long horse racing has been around and it's still chugging along here and uh, hopefully we'll get to September 5th the Kentucky Derby and we will have certainly by then some uh, a little more normalcy in our life but the NFL has decided that it's going to be business as usual for us, not just for 
greedy reasons or anything along those lines, but I, I know a lot of what Roger Goodell said about maintaining the schedule and having this draft uh, on April 23rd here, before you know it here, just about a month away, um, the reasoning behind it was, and there weren't all, it wasn't unanimous. There are a couple of teams, uh, Mickey Loomis of the Saints, Elway of Denver, for instance, not thrilled about the NFL's decision to move forward. Their reasoning behind it was, uh, you know, it just doesn't give us enough time. Some teams are going to be at a disadvantage. It, we should have the ability to be able to bring guys. You know, so they're making all excuses. And Roger Goodell's response was, listen, guys, it's business, not just because it's, we're all on the same page regardless, it's fair, Dane. But at the same time, and, and he has spoken about this in a number of situations, is that, you know, we, we owe it to the fans and to the people of this country to provide, even if it's just for 72 hours, three days, some semblance of normalcy where people can pull up a chair, open their phone, turn on the computer, and just forget about everything else and just watch the draft. I think there'll be, the ratings will be through the roof, obviously. I think more people will know who the fifth round pick of the Jets were than they ever did before. I'm okay with it. Uh, I don't like the argument of we should postpone it because I do think, listen, the tape that you have on these players from college, you know what, ain't going nowhere. Watch do it. your damn due diligence. And yep. if you don't know by now what your draft board looks like, I don't know what that's, that's on you. It's not on Roger Goodell. There's a handful of players that there are some injury concerns. Tua, it's not just his hip, guys. He's had ankle on, he has had ankle surgery on both legs, right? Both ankles have been, uh, already have had work done on him. He's gone under a knife. So there are some questions there. But again, realistically, if you don't think, Dane, if I'm a franchise, you don't think I'm going to figure out a way to figure out what's going on with Tua. Like, I'm not going to know he's held. You and I may never know about it, my friend. But if you don't think they're getting somebody to look into us somewhere along those lines, or any player where there's some questions, Pam, you're out of your mind. They're doing it. So I love that he's pushing forward with this, and I think he's right. It is a much needed, uh, much, much needed distraction. And, you know, kind of give us a couple hours. Give us a, one of these weekends here where we're not just uh, so inundated with our lives being turned upside down right now. Yeah, first of all, if I was the team that was interested in Tua Tagovailoa, I would pack everybody up in the van and I would drive to wherever he is, Somebody. you know, doctor like, included, right? Exactly. Or I would, you know, hit up a local doctor. We would yeah. find a way. And here's the thing for me. I agree with you, Joe. You know, these GMs who usually have the benefit of things like pro days, mm -hmm. who usually have the benefit of things like team visits or physical. And they had the combine. Right. They did have the combine. They <laughs> had that to get a more complete picture of information to go into the draft. I think some of these GMs are just worried about their own reputation, Joe, right. if you want to know the truth, right? Because the draft is a 50-50 kind of hit rate anyway, even in the first round. And I think some of the GMs are shook that, uh-oh, like now their reputation will take the hit. Because honestly, Joe, in three years from now, when they're looking back at it and, and this team, whatever team it is that has, has struggled to kind of take the next step. They're going to look at the GM's draft record and say, oh, he wasn't able to hit. They're not going to worry about if this was the coronavirus draft or not. But I agree with you. Look at the tape. Yep. The, everyone is on the same footing, right? No one will be able to have these team interviews or, um, you know, physicals or whatever the case may be, have access to just what happened or pro days, have access to just what the combine was. So I think your other point is absolutely what what is the um, serious consideration, mm -hmm. the NFL has the ability from a business standpoint, Joe, yep. to continue to do business. All these other sports, all these other spring sports, whether it was the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, MLS, they are losing actual games yep. on the field. The NFL on some mm -hmm. level is lucky that games on the field are not being compromised as of yet, right? It's like horse racing in the fact that it can still go on because the NFL has such a great job of building itself as a behemoth that even things like free agency transactions rate enough for the sports fan to cause that normalcy you're talking about. I remind you all the time, Joe, this is where, this is a league where when they release the schedule, mm -hmm. which and we already know the opponents, and it's just the sequence of 16 things 
it gets bigger ratings than like playoff games in yep. other sports. Yep. Okay, so that is part of why they have to capitalize on the quote unquote business as normal, as normalcy for the public, and also because it gets even a bigger attention share of eyeballs yep. and press and PR to the NFL than even in most times. So I agree with everything for the normalcy for the society, but the NFL is in a very shrewd way capturing even more attention fan of the, the sports viewer. And yep. I think that is an important move. I agree with Goodell. Have the draft and produce it as a TV show the same way we know every other network can do. I, I mean, listen, I... Yes, this to me is a real win-win situation for the NFL. They, they get to be somewhat... You know, they get to, they kind of get to, uh, to do the right thing for themselves and for their owners by maintaining the NFL's popularity, it's showcasing it, having the, you know, NFL is, is number one for a reason, and they know it. But I, I do think with that kind of popularity, Dane, comes, you know, a sense of responsibility, too, as well. And, and I think while you can frame it any way you want, are they doing it only because it benefits them? Uh, yeah, I, that's part of it. Of course it is. They're a billion-dollar business. But at the same time, uh, if they were to just move it voluntarily and, not, and let it float like we're right now, right? We don't know when baseball's back. We don't know what the NBA is going to do. We have no idea what the NHL is going to do. Could you imagine us being like, now we don't even know if the NFL draft is going to happen? Like, it's just none of it, none of it would be good. So I think the fact that they are pushing forward figuring it out, and while, yes, it's self-serving, and it'll put them, of course, on the spotlight, good. I mean, good. Who better than the NFL? I don't think, I don't think anybody should be complaining, and if you are complaining because you don't have enough time or resources, you got every damn resource you need at a fingertip. Have your scouts go to work. Watch the damn film. You have the notes from the comp. You've had everything to make your decision leading up. Uh, the fact that you all can't be in a war room like 40 or 50. I don't That's not going to make the damn difference. Do your job. And I do think some teams, and we've talked about this, Dane, there are going to be teams where their scouting departments, their GMs, right. they're going to get exposed, guys. They are going to get exposed. And I think some teams know that, and they are doing everything in their power uh, to go ahead and uh, do the necessary due diligence to make it a good draft. But I do think there are going to be some teams exposed here. Yeah, that's what I said. You know, I agree with you, Joe. I was, I was saying that what motivated the GMs yeah. from the delay it was know. their hit rate, right? It was, you know, like they and know. they know their scouts suck. Responsibility yeah. still out there on the line. If their team, you know, like I said, in two or three years has no young talent, yep. it's still their ass, his name, in the newspaper. Right. So absolutely. I agree. And the fact is, it is a benefit to the NFL that they can produce this as a TV show. Yeah. This is an event that lends itself to that anyway. OK, no. Remember this also, Joe, you know, it's only been a few years since the NFL draft has kind of been a barnstorming tour from city to city, right? It's only been a few years. Before that, it was at Radio City Music Hall in New York, and it was kind of an event, but it wasn't as big where literally tens and hundreds of thousands of people from the public yep. over the course of three days would come visit some fan fest or anything like that. That is relatively new. And then if you go back even further, Joe, what'd you have? You had GMs in a room on phones, right? In like a conference room at a hotel yep. doing the draft. That's what it was. And so it is still possible to do the league business of like who are the Bengals selecting number one overall. All you really need is to Skype with the Bengals and you'd be fine. Okay, so this is definitely doable. You mentioned before at the top of the show in this day and age where we're like Zoom and Skype and FaceTiming. Yep. Everybody we know, this is definitely possible. And because the NFL is such a behemoth, it will be big news. So the NFL is sitting pretty if it does take advantage of the draft in this part of the calendar. Yep. Yeah. And listen, it's the draft in many aspects, Dane, is a lot of hit and miss anyway. I mean, you know, you got you'd rather be lucky than good. And 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 you're right. You know, it used to be, guys, the draft would start at three o'clock in the afternoon. And they would go, guys. Like, they would just go until it was until it was done. It wasn't until, you know, recently, within the last five or six years, where they went, all right, guys, we're going to do the first round first, 
Then right. we'll do the rest. You know, what you're right. seeing on day two and three used to be day one. I mean, that was it. There wasn't a lot of fanfare with the number one. There wasn't. It was always at Ra- Radio City, too, for years, right? It was at Radio. And a lot of guys, who did I, I heard uh, LeVar Arrington, uh, was it, the, I think it was LeVar Arrington talking about how, you know, when he was drafted, there was he, number 48 or somewhere in that ballpark that he, He's like, man, that was a long time to have to wait. I was with family. I was throwing a party. He's yeah. like, you know, it started at 3, but he's like, you guys don't realize. I'm like, Dude, it wasn't until like 11.30 that I got the phone call. He's like, that was a lot of drinking, a lot of play. There was a lot of things going on here. And I think they're, I think they're right. There is first round. They've built this thing up to the point right now where the, the spectacle it is, is absolutely timing perfect for what we need. But imagine that, right? I mean, that was the draft used to be three o'clock. It would start on a Saturday and then just go right through to the weekend. And we'd have to be like, all right, who did we get? What did we get? Now they've made it an absolute event. And they're still, I think, I still think they are going to make it one of the better events, given the set of circumstances, exactly what we need at exactly the right time right now. And I think fans will remember this. Even fans who have sworn off the NFL, I think they're back on. I, I think they'll see this and they'll realize just how good this was for the country in the month of April. I agree with you, Joe. You know, we say the, the mere fact that they could even do the NFL draft over three days would entice hundreds of thousands of fans to come attend something that is literally just naming people's names out loud. That's correct. Not a game. This is not even practice we're talking about. I'm channeling my inner Iverson, right? This is not a game or practice, but it is attracting thousands of people to attend. That speaks to how big the NFL is and how great of a job they've done. Yep. Turn their sport into must-see TV and a quasi-religion in this country. Yep. Joe, have you ever been to the draft? I haven't been to it personally, so that means I'm going to watch it on TV this year. That's right. Like, Every other year. And yep. that's the case for 95 to 99% of the population yep. that is going to watch this. And I'll be damned if whoever it is, the NFL Network, ESPN, and the NFL can't figure out a way to add the production elements to this to still be the same kind of quality event for those of us watching on TV, which is going to be everybody, and that's good. It's going to be the rating's going to be huge. Seventh round, sixth round, fifth round day. We're all going to be uh, out there. Not to mention, guys, listen, the, the prop bets surrounding this draft, if you've been held off a little bit, like if you have, you know, you've been kind of down, like, wow, I don't have anything to, to bet on. Well, you've got a month now. You've got a month to do your homework, figure out the needs of teams, kind of look at these players on this board. There could be a lot of fireworks, Dane. There could be no fireworks. There could be just this, I think, overall concept of just take the best damn player on the board when it's your time. I don't think you can ever go wrong with that. I think that might be the, you know, the safest and soundest uh, situation. But outside of Joe Burrow, guys, the fireworks could happen from two, three, four, five. Or you know what? Nothing happens as far as that go, and teams are just taking – the best player on the board. If it happens to be a quarterback, great. If it's not, maybe teams, Dane, aren't going to juggle all over. They're just going to wait to see, does the, does the quarterback that I want fall to me? If he doesn't, I'll still get another piece, the best player on the board. I get the quarterback need, but there's a lot of great players on this board, Dane, that if they become available, yeah. do you not just go by taking the best player? Listen, there's like four offensive linemen that are projected mm-hmm. to go in the top like 12. There are three, at, by my count, defensive studs, one at yep. every level of the defense, if that's what you're looking for. But obviously, Joe, as it has been in recent years, teams are going to try to go up and get whoever it is they see yep. as a franchise quarterback. The over-under for quarterbacks in the first round right now is four and a half. I'm sure when we come back on the other side of the break, we will talk about how to maybe make some money yep. on this draft. But um, absolutely, I think everyone's going to go up for the quarterbacks. But there's other players involved as well, yep. and different teams will find ways to fill their needs. Yeah, and I think one of the uh, one of the better props that I'm looking at, and and some fun because it's not as easy, is who's the second quarterback taken? Okay. Um, and you know we'll talk about that when we come back because 
There's a lot of things that could that could happen in this draft, like we were just telling you. Is everyone seems to think that two is going to be well? What if two is not? So what if two is not the guy that God teams are willing to, especially in this draft with the so many unknowns as far as his health? It's just not the hip, guys. It's both ankles. I mean, there's a lot more question marks around two than many people think. Uh, is it you know? And, and again, we we a quarterback. You and I happen to think Justin Herbert is a hell of a lot better than people give it credit for. So there are odds associated with it. We'll talk about that. We'll go down it. Who is that second quarterback taken off the board? We'll see where the value lies. We'll do that coming up next year on The Grid. It is sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey guys, welcome back in now here to the early line on the grid. It is SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez. As we continue through uh, some NFL talk here coming up, the draft in 30 days. Roger Goodell has made it uh, very well known, uh, despite some opposition uh, across the league there. Some of those presidents and GMs, uh, Mickey Loomis, John Elway, not very happy, wanting to postpone it. And Goodell being very adamant about the fact that we're giving you the draft on the 23rd. You've got all the information you need. You got all the tape. Uh, nothing is changing here, not to mention it's the perfect event at the perfect time right now. Uh, and while, listen, the draft would have taken place it, all normal, Dane, there would have been a whole lot of other ways for our attention to be spread out. Uh, right. But since we don't have any of those things going on, knowing that we're going to have the draft, is uh, it's going to be must-watch television, must-watch stream, uh, you name it. So it's uh, the perfect time in the perfect place and also for betters who have not had an opportunity to dabble into anything or didn't haven't done horse racing or just you know it would be nice to be able to handicap something well you got 30 days day in the handicap the prop bets that are surrounding this draft which uh are monstrous right now the prop bets are all over the place and we just talked about all right how does this draft go is it going to be a theme of a draft where guys are just going to take the best position available uh, whoever that player is, just take the best guy on the board, right? Go with it. Don't get crazy. Don't trade all the way your asset. Just wait to see when you get whoever it is, take the best position on the board, the best player, and really you can't go wrong. So one of those props that we talked about was four and a half total quarterbacks in the first round. That was a good prop we've talked about. Uh, one of the props that interests me is assuming Joe Burrow is going to go one. What is that second quarterback taken off the board? Is it Tua? Is it not Tua? Does, is there any possible way that maybe when it's all said and done, that Tua's not the guy? Uh, and he at right now, Dane, I'm seeing him as, uh, as minus 400 as the second quarterback taken. But Justin right. Herbert is plus 250. You have Jordan Love at 12 to 1. You've got uh, Burrow, 22 to 1. Right. Which, in you know what I mean? Maybe, who knows? Could you imagine? Wait to That's see there. Uh, Eason's 100 to 1. Fromm's 100 to 1. Jalen Hurst is 100 to 1. But, I mean, listen, could it be Burrow? Could it be Justin Herbert at plus 250? If that's the way the draft goes, Dane, then right. what I think is if that's a winning play and Justin Herbert is the second guy off the board, to me that says that Washington takes Chase Young, right? Detroit mm -hmm. goes out and gets the guy that you like there, uh, the defensive back, and replaces Okuda. Darius Slay. Yep. And then that means that the Giants, I don't know, offensive line to protect their damn future quarterback, right? And then at five, you've got the Miami Dolphins going, all right, Tua Herbert. I'll be, I've said it all along. I think Herbert's a better fit for Miami. Less questions. Uh, I think a little more dynamic, and I think a guy that is exactly big-armed quarterback down here will remind a lot of people of uh, Elway in some uh, some ways with that arm and his ability. I think maybe Miami goes Herbert, 
And then I think the Chargers might just be sitting there at six with the ability to go get uh, Tua. If Tua's not the second quarterback taken, I think Herbert's a pretty good value there, plus 250, and I think Miami gets it. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, under the assumption that it wouldn't be Tua, because you're looking at who would the second quarterback take and be, and Tua is kind of the big-time favorite for that. Here's another way it could happen, Joe. I think, you know, teams will fall in love with the, whichever quarterback it is that they like, whether that is Tua or Herbert or someone else, right? Everybody knows that the Dolphins and the Chargers at five and six are quarterback needy and will either, you know, take whoever it is that's there. So there's another scenario where a team that likes Herbert knows that they have to trade up in order to get them. We've talked about open for business potentially at three, the Detroit Lions, open for business potentially at four, the New York Giants. And this would be a team that knows they need to hop over Miami, hop over the Chargers. And at this point, it is possible that they, whatever team goes up to get their guy prefers Herbert over Tua. You know, I've been on the same train as you. I think Herbert is better suited for the NFL. And because, as we said before, Tua's draft stock may fall because of the lack of um, ability to get him in the room and have your doctors look at him, right? You say the unknown could be even worse this year in the NFL draft when GMs are going with limited information. So I do think that's possible. Let me throw something else out there for you that I also think is possible. The second quarterback drafted, you mentioned it, and it's a much bigger odds, is Joe Burrow, okay? You and I have both said we do not necessarily believe all the way in what has happened here with Joe Burrow. About a year ago, Joe, people didn't really know who Joe Burrow was, okay? People were still hashtag tanking for Tua, you know? And, and one of the things that happens here, you talked about it at the top of this segment, Joe, was you've got 30 days to kind of handicap this if you want. One of the things that always happens, though, Joe, one, a, a month before the draft is so many smoke screens left and right. Yeah. You cannot trust any of the information that is out there, right? And since, since the end of the NFL season, since before the end of the NFL season, there were fans in Cincinnati who had Joe Burrow signs wanting Joe Burrow. He's the Ohio kid. He's coming back. He's donating money. They're naming streets after him. You know, everybody has connected the dots of Joe Burrow, number one overall, to the Cincinnati Bengals, okay? Now, at whatever you said it was, 20 to 1, yep. 22 to 1, something like that, that is what? That's like an implied odds of like 4%. I think there is a greater than 3 or 4% chance that the Cincinnati Bengals were giving everybody the smokescreen. Right. And they like Tua better than Herbert. I mean, than, than Burrow. Or they like someone else, and Burrow is not their guy. And in that situation, Burrow could be the second quarterback off the board. So when I get a number in the low 20s like that, I think that's viable as well. Yeah. Uh, man, wouldn't that be crazy if it started yeah. off just like that, Dave? Would that, I mean, yeah. all and you're talking like, about... Forget all you guys. I'm taking, I'm ta we're going with Tua. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely crazy when you think about it. And I get, listen, it's the one thing we're not. I mean, right now you've got Burrow at minus, about minus 2,200 in order to be the first. Be number pick. one. Yeah. Be number one, right? Okay, so then there's a lot of questions as far as number two. So right now, Chase Young is minus 330. Yep. Right? All right, so a lot of people seem to think that that's kind of the easy. They think that the way... Washington is going right now. They'd be absolutely crazy not to be looking at Chase Young. Uh, right. Tua being the number overall, two overall pick, right there. Um, is plus 210 in a lot of places, right, right. around that plus 200. Um, Akuda, the, the, the guy that you like there for the defensive back, number two pick here is 17 to 1. Uh, and then, of course, Herbert is also up there at plus. Uh, you know, it's going to be 100 to 1, basically, with Herbert being the second quarterback. And I think the second pick, absolutely off the board. I, you know, to me, there is a lot of, there could be a lot of different ways this goes. But if you're looking at the number one, and we all assume it's Burrow, and let's say it is Burrow. Sure. Even at minus 2,200, isn't it even money? I mean, isn't it easy money at that particular point? If you're that locked in and convinced. Right. If you're that locked in, and here lies the question: Are you willing to lay out 
you know, the money in order to be able to pull it. And I, this is where some big syndicates and some groups got, Dane, they put their money together and they go, and we know Burroughs winning, right? We, we know Burroughs going we'll number one. Put a million one. dollars on right. this and get to like, you know, right. 400 bucks to get back. For exactly. It but even Chase Young at minus 330, it's, yeah. it's got to be, right? Best, best guy on the board. Like, if I'm... Ron Rivera in Washington, I'm doing a great sell job right now from now until the draft, letting people know I'm not sold on either Kyle Allen or Haskins, and that, you know what, maybe, just maybe, Dane, we're not, uh, we don't know, we don't feel that the best quarterback, uh, we don't, the future of this organization is not on this run. If you can level that out there and at least drop it out there and get some momentum on that, then they could, and this is what I would do. I. I would at least give the impression that you're thinking about it right now, that maybe you go get Tua or Herbert, whoever your quarterback is, maybe you love them and that's what you want to do. Even if it's Chase Young you want, doesn't Ron Rivera and company have to be at least dripping out there and letting it drop that there's a possibility they could take him? Um, I think they would go a different direction. Here's the way I would do it. First of all, I agree with you, Joe. They're going to take Chase Young. Our friends right. at FanDuel have it at minus 380. Minus then they have okay. uh, Tua at plus 250 over on FanDuel, okay? But I, I, I agree with you. I think new head coach Ron Rivera is a defensive guy. They bring in Jack Del Rio. I think they are absolutely ecstatic to have Chase Young fall to them at number two. Everyone thinks he's probably the best player overall right. in the draft. It's just the fact that you weight these quarterbacks so much higher. Right. And I think he's also signaled this by trading for Kyle Allen. You know, it looks like they're going to go at it with Allen and Haskins second year, hoping he gets some development. I think that if Washington, what they do is not put out drips and drabs that they may be interested in the quarterback. I think they put drips and drabs out there that they may be interested in moving down. Okay. Okay, not necessarily getting another quarterback but signaling they could be not as in love with Chase Young as everyone thinks and that they may be open to the idea of trading out of number two. I think that's the kind of um, other signal that they should send because then they could get a haul. And for me, the idea, it's, it's Chase Young at minus 380, okay? If Washington makes the pick, I think it's absolutely lock that it is Chase Young. I think the way this bet goes someone like Tua is if someone trades up to number two, and we still have 30 days for that to potentially happen, Joe. Talked about the Detroit Lions being maybe open at number three, the Giants maybe at number four. If anybody from the Chargers needs to hop Miami to any kind of mystery team, to the Patriots who have a number of draft capital, to like the Raiders who have draft, to anybody else who may want to do it, to the, to, to the Detroit Lions themselves you know, who have Matthew Stafford on the back half of his career. But the catch is this. If you do trade to number three or number four, Mm -hmm. you still technically could be leapfrogged by another team who trades up to number two, right? So even though everyone thinks that new head coach Ron Rivera is going to have this quarterback room be Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen and is going to take Chase Young to fully guarantee yourself your opportunity to draft the quarterback you want. You can't just trade up to four with the Giants. You can't just trade up to three with the Lions. You would have to trade up all the way to number two. And in that scenario, Joe, you ain't trading up for Jeff Okuda. You ain't trading up for one of these offensive linemen. If that is the case, you are trading up to get to a Tiger Bailoa. And that's the way, that's the only way, in my opinion, that this bet would not come in on Chase Young at minus 380. So it's interesting. We've... And a lot of the mock drafts that we've that I've seen here, then looking at a lot of the guys that have actually been really good uh, yeah. at hitting these prop bets and these mock drafts over the years, a lot of them the idea is Burrow, Chase Young, and the draft doesn't start until three. Right. Uh, and that's when it's going to get interesting okay. because, listen, they've got no immediate need for quarterback right now, but Detroit right. sitting there at three could say. I don't know if he's healthy or not. We got Stafford. He's getting a little older, but Tua allowing him to grow under Matt Stafford, maybe they go get the next quarterback of the future. It's, the, it's interesting how a lot of these mock drafts, it's really the number three spot that gets really crazy where this is where some of the maneuvering goes. Teams moving up, and, and I think most likely 
if a team is going to move up with Detroit or the Giants, right, it's right. got to be for a quarterback, right? Sure. It, it's got to right. be for the quarterback you think yeah. the team ahead of you is going to go. Yeah. So if you're Miami, and let's say it does go Burrow and, uh, you know, it goes Burrow yeah. and Young, are you willing to pick up that phone and call Detroit and say, you know what, I don't want to risk it? Um, I just, I'm going to go up and get to it. Or do you sit there at five and go, the Giants ain't taking, the Giants ain't taking one. The only thing that could happen is the Chargers or another team go, they're willing to pick up the phone and cut a deal and send the world to do it. But if you're Miami, are you even worried about that? Because you can't take both Tua and Herbert and you'd be happy with either in Miami to me, if this really does start with number three. I think Miami's got a pretty good position they're sitting at. Yeah, um, as long as they're comfortable right. with either or, right? Right. As long as they're co- comfortable with whichever one it is. If, if right now in Miami, they honestly do believe that either Tua or Herbert can be their franchise quarterback for the next decade, then they can stay packed, yes. right? Because you're right, right? Like, multiple teams, we don't think at this point, are going to try to hop over them to draft all three quarterbacks in the top four picks, right? We do not think that three quarterbacks are going to go in the top four picks. And that's the only way it comes up snake eyes for Miami at five. If they're comfortable with either Tua or Herbert, or I guess even Burrow in in a weird other scenario, right? right, then they're fine. Otherwise, in essence, what we have, Joe, is this kind of like Cold War arms race between the Dolphins and the Chargers and, like, the third mystery team, potentially, about how high do you have to go up? And that's where the risk kind of uh, calculation comes in, right? Are you going to be first, second, or third there in that pecking order? And do you think these other teams are going to try to make the move to hop over you? Right. And it's interesting because, again, the possibility is – Tua is is there at three, but they go with, you know, let's say Akuda, the defensive back. So now you got the Giants and the Dolphins. So then the Giants are sitting there and going, all right, do the Dolphins. The Dolphins are sitting there at five going, I've got this. Like one way or the other, if they are sold on either or, honestly, if they're sold on either or, then the Chargers really got to figure out where they're going. Because if the Giants go with offensive line like we think they might, then, ladies and gentlemen, the Dolphins are going to have their pick. Chargers are going to be right in that situation going, all right, you got two or a Herbert. One of them is going to fall to you at that point. So a lot to decipher there. But I do like the, the trend of the draft starting at three. We'll talk more about that coming up here in our number two. As we continue on, it's the early line on the grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. 